The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. Okay, so we are here with Charlotte, yes. who is the Youth Engagement Coordinator at Crohn's and Colitis Welcome, Canada. Welcome, Charlotte. Hello. Of course, the organization I love so dearly. Um, and I think it's super important, Lisa, that we've got her here talking about youth because, as we know, the rate of children being diagnosed with IBD in our country has doubled since 1995. This is Guts and Glory. You know, I've spoken about Crohn's and Clays Canada on previous episodes quite a bit um, in terms of everything that they're doing. And, you know, Charlotte's here to talk about three specific programs that um, are super awesome for our youth. And that would be the ABV IBD Scholarship Program, the Youth Education Series, and Camp, Camp Got, Got to go. go. We talked to Sherry, the mom with mm-hmm. the two boys who've been to Camp Got to Go. So I'm so glad. Charlotte, that you're here to talk about these things. But before we get into the Crohn's and Colitis Canada stuff, what's really interesting about Charlotte is that um, she actually has Crohn's disease. So she's not just working for Crohn's and Colitis Canada, but she's living and battling these diseases. And before, um, you know, Charlotte, you had said before you were, uh, became a staff member, you volunteered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your, you were diagnosed at what age? Yeah, so I was diagnosed um, at the age of 20. Uh, I started having, I guess, um, symptoms or complications uh, when I was wrapping up my second year at university. What and were, then, what were your symptoms? What kind of symptoms were you having? Yeah, so I actually um, you have Crohn's, right? I do have okay, Crohn's disease. Crohn's? Yeah, okay. so my diagnosis story is a little bit different. Um, I was actually really lucky as and that they kind of caught it almost by accident. Um, I was having, I guess, um, you know, some, a little bit of urgency, but I kind of chalked it up to like a lactose intolerant. Right, right. you're making an excuse. Yeah. You're in university, you're drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then like not eating the best. So I was sort of like, okay, it's probably like, you know, lactose or a little bit of IBS. So you didn't have blood or anything in your stool? No, no, it was just, I noticed, especially in the morning after, you know, eating yogurt or eating cereal with milk, like walking to school, I'd end up kind of running to class because I really <laughs> need to use the bathroom as soon as I got on campus. So that what was What about like, your pain? Did you have pain? Not really. Um, a, like cramping a little bit, right. but it was very mild. And at the time too, my brother was just found out that he was lactose intolerant. So I was like, oh, okay. It's probably- Must run in the family. Yeah. And so I kind of just chalked up to that. And then a couple months later, so it'd be in March, um, I woke up one morning with just the worst pain and it was kind of like abdominal downstairs area. So right. I was like, I don't know what this is. It just hurt like all sharp, the time. The sharp, just sharp, consistent pain. And it didn't matter if I was like lying down, sitting no, up. you can do for it. It just hurt. And then, um, you know, I was in the middle of wrapping up my second year of university. I had a lot of assignments to do. So this was me. I was diagnosed 20 right in the middle of university. And when it's hard to when you're in school, because that's all you can think about is like, I need to finish up this course. Yeah. And so I remember um, handing in my last paper before exams, bursting into tears. I was like emotionally drained, physically, mentally, like in pain. How and then, long were you going through this pain before? About two weeks. Oh, yeah. It was like looking back, and I could hear like my mom's voice in my head being like, "Go to the, go the hospital." hospital. <laughs> and then you're thinking, if I go to the hospital, I'm going to be sitting in a merge for at least eight hours, and then I'm yeah. going to be this, 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 well, this and I've hard, got this too. And especially if you haven't had any like major illness or a lot of pain before, you don't really know where you fit on this like the spectrum. So I was like, well, maybe it feels bad, but I get to emergency, and they're like, oh, this is nothing. So so I was sort of like, you know, you don't want to waste other people's well, time. Well, I think too, and being start... a female and having cramps. Yeah. It's the whole, like, you know how many times I'll be like, oh, I'm cramping. Oh, maybe this is just because well, I'm a female. Yeah. In like that area, yeah, like, like you're like, all... I don't really know what's going on. It's like kind of embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I finally, that day, I, I texted one of my friends and I was like, want to come with me to the emergency room? And this was in I, Ottawa. This was in Ottawa. And so after that... Um, I went to emergency, and then they kind of knew right away that I had developed an abscess. Oh, um, and my they were goodness. like, Yeah, and so they were like, you need emergency surgery. And that was sort of the first alarm bells that they were like, I remember like eight people asked me, like, do you have Crohn's disease? Do you Where have was your Crohn's? abscess? Did they um, tell you exactly? No, I somewhere on my... Um, 
large Lar- large intestine. Um, and so yeah, they were like, "Do you have Crohn's? Do you have a history of Crohn's?" And I was like, "So I you don't had even people know. in your circle who." N- Knew what Crohn's and ulcerative colitis No, so were. this was the medical staff at oh. the hospital. So after they said, like, you have an abscess, we need to, um, you know, you need to have surgery. That's when all the nurses and doctors started asking. I'm like, I have no, no idea what that is. What word are you saying right now? I know. I was like, <laughs> Can you Crohn's? spell it? <laughs> so you, the pain that you were having, mm-hmm. you had an abscess. This yes. isn't your typical this is Crohn's pain. pain. No, this is, this like, is like debilitating, yeah. stabbing in the stomach And you were writing pain. exams and papers and... I remember, like, finishing up my, like, one of my last papers. Like, I couldn't sit at my desk, so I was, like, crouched over my bed this is what trying we do. to type. This is, yeah. How ridiculous Well, is it's this? interesting because uh, I was in university in my first year of university, and I was in a theater. I said, me too, when you said diagnosed, yeah. but I wasn't diagnosed. But when I was 20 years old, I was in my first year of university and ju- living at residence and uh, woke up in the middle of the night with this oh, pain you're describing and it had like gone from being Dull. really uncomfortable yeah. to being this stabbing pain and I it, it was an abscess that had perforated oh, right God. so it was I am totally there with yeah, you I I'm, can't even believe you managed to get things done because I, I couldn't stand looking back now I'm like whoa what were you thinking so when they said you need to have surgery right away yeah. what did that mean so this was... Like within a day? Yeah, so they wanted to do that evening. So I went into the hospital, I think around Oh my God, like your parents must have been like... Well, that's a whole other story because <laughs> I'm in Ottawa and my parents are in Nova Scotia. So oh I'd like... God. I had been, like, calling my mom, being like, oh, I have this pain. I don't know what it is. She's like, oh, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. And so, like, I am I think I got, like, the medical staff, to, like, in the hospital to, like, call her. Which is probably the worst thing, too. Which is, yeah. <laughs> Hi. I'm just calling. I'm the doctor in the eMERGE. Da, 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 da. Your daughter's here? And she needs surgery. And she's not calling surgery. you right now. I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. And this was, like, a while ago, so I'm pretty sure I didn't even have, like, a good phone plan. So I was like, I can't, like, you know, don't have long distance. Oh, no. Long distance. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they unfortunately couldn't do that evening. Um, I think the surgeon was somewhere else. And so right the first thing the next morning is when, when they operated. So, um, yeah. yeah, Was that your only surgery related to Crohn's? Yes. Yes. Very thankfully. And when Um, they, did they go through the front, like laparoscopic? How do they do that? Did they um, go through the colon? Yeah. They go in kind of like downstairs area. yeah. Yeah. And so they can kind of go up through there. So it didn't, like, how was your recovery for that? Um, so yeah, it was pretty, it was a pretty good recovery. And, you know, at this point, cause I remember someone saying like, oh, do you have a history of Crohn's? Do you have Crohn's? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And they're like, oh, well, if you had it, you'd know, right? Like it's yes, not yeah. something right, that, you right. know. This isn't like you have the stomach flu. Exactly. Yeah. So I was sort of like, oh, okay, it's probably a one-off. Cause they kind of said that, you know, having an abscess, it doesn't only, not only people with Crohn's and colitis Absolutely. get it, other people can get Absolutely. it. You know, it's, it's calm for other other things but you know they were sort of like "Mm, you might want to like investigate a little bit and so after the surgery I thought okay it's all good but they wanted me to go see a GI Mm -hmm. and this would have been just um I think in May so like school was letting out I had plans to go to Edmonton that summer and work and and visit family and so I go see um a GI moving in here taking up your time yeah ruining your plans I was like I don't (laughs) have time for this (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I, I go see a GI and he's like, okay, it's probably worth doing a couple tests. I think he did like a CT scan. I did that. Looking for inflammation. Yeah, just kind of seeing and seeing if there's other damage, kind of, you know, just assessing what's what was going on. And so I did that and didn't hear from him. And so I was like, okay, all good. Like no news, good so news. So off to Med- Edmonton you yeah, went? Yeah, off to Edmonton I went. I had a great time. Feeling well? Feeling well. Um, okay. I still was sort of thinking, oh, you probably have like a little bit of IBS. Were you so still dealing watch- with the urgency at this point? A a little bit, but it felt very manageable with like dietary changes. So right. I stopped, you know, um, stopped eating dairy, you know, watching what I ate. It was, it seemed manageable. And then I, uh, I got back to Ottawa to start my third year. Um, I have a follow up with the, the, the surgeon. And he asked, like, oh, so what happened? Did you see a GI? GI And I was like, oh, I met with him. And we did, I think it was a CT scan. But, like, I never heard anything. He never called me back, so I went to Edmonton. (laughs) Which was then kind of funny. Not so funny. But he's like, okay, well, if you had a CT, I can pull up and, like, see what they found. And he pulled up my chart and was like, oh, it says here that they found Crohn's disease. 
OMG. So, so that was sort of so like. So they just didn't follow up. Oh with so I don't know what happened. I guess they Mis- they miscommunication. We'll um, so yeah, so it was kind of you know a bummer because I just had like this great summer. I was feeling good, and then you know this this random person is telling me that you know you have this. And you were on no medication at this point. No medication. Okay. Again, feeling good. Um, feeling you know healthy and and young. And then um, you know you have someone telling you you now have this chronic incurable lifelong disease. And you had you had no idea what Crohn's was at the time. No, I think I'd like done a little bit of after research met, after. Yeah, you, you do have Crohn's disease. Yeah, because right. I think um when I first met the GI, he kind of mentioned it as like a possibility, but I never really. Thought so it could Google be anything. It, like, yeah, this. just like, okay, ooh, don't want that, you know, sort of hoping that, you know, it's just, yeah. so oh, did I you can't go on it. medication right away at that point? Yeah, so then he put me on medication. Like 5ASA, um, like a solid um, Mesovan? Meso so I, yeah, so he put me on that, and then I ended up sort of switching GIs. I wasn't super happy with his treatment. I um, why. <laughs> and then quickly after getting a new GI, he, he, um, he put me on. Um, on sort of, I guess, more intense medication. Um, like be- an Imuran or... Yeah, I was on Imuran, and then uh, eventually you got me on Remicade, so that was... And that's where first. you are now? Uh, yes, minus the Imuran. Um, I was on Imuran for a long time, and then... Coexisting they- with Remicade, and then yes. they slowly take you off the Imuran. Well, they actually decided to switch me from Imuran to methyltrexate, because right. I started having a lot of joint pain, which has Imuran. been my newest little friend. Um, and so... Then I was on that Emir, or sorry, I was on methyltrexate for a while, but then I started getting really nauseous, and so they, they think it's probably that, so they took me off. So this is the first time in like eight years that I'm not on any oral medication. You're just on the Remicade. I'm just on the Remicade. And so what are your well. symptoms like if you're not on the Remicade? What How are, are you living oh, up into the Remicade? Um, it's hard to say just because they put me on it really quickly. Like, I was very lucky that they right. were able to move very quickly. And um, I did sort of after the diagnosis, the official diagnosis, start to go downhill. That's when I think it kind of caught up to me, whatever sort of, you know, adrenaline I was, like, Running living on um, in Edmonton, just having, like, a great time, sort of started to wear off. And I think the reality kind of hit. Um, Plus, you had just come out of the hospital. When you come out of the hospital, you generally, yes, you have recovery, but you're also feeling well. Yeah. You've just yeah. been taken care of. And I think because you know. that, like, that pain was gone, like, that immediate. Which is overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it's it's hard to ignore that kind of level of pain. But with my Crohn's, I just found, especially sort of in the darkest days, just a lot of, like, urgency. And I always just felt like I needed to be close to a bathroom, yeah. even you if I wasn't. You mentioned joint pain and both Lisa and I have said, like, I, I have arthritis mm-hmm. now as well. And, and, and as well. you know, and it's definitely related to the Crohn's. It's yeah. definitely related to the... To the drugs, the side effects. Everything yeah. that I've been on. And that's... Is that... How are you living now? What do you... What is your symptoms now? Now I'm pretty good. Um, the joint pain kind of came about uh, really strongly about two years ago. Right. So a while after I was diagnosed and was on medication, so it sort of took me by surprise because I always thought that, you know, if it is a reaction to medication, I always thought it was like, you Immediate. know, within a couple of weeks yeah. of trying it. And I was like, it's been like six years. But <laughs> apparently, you know, you can start having these symptoms anytime. Um, Plus those symptoms are related to having IBD. Mm-hmm. Like it's like joint pain is just, it's yeah. inflammation. Yeah. It's, it just it comes along with having IBD. Yeah. Well, I also have, um, on both sides of my family, so on both sides of my parents, there's a lot of, like, osteoarthritis, mm. rheumatoid arthritis, so I know that they wanted to make sure that it wasn't, like, actually Something one of separate, these. Right. Yeah, so they did, like, a ton of tests, and I think they just are chalking it up to, like, you know, it's just... So all while you're Crohn's. dealing with this, Charlotte, you are also, you know, you started out by volunteering, like myself, with Crohn's and, also, mm-hmm. uh, Crohn's and Colitis Canada, and in, in Ottawa... Yeah, so I started in Ottawa. Um, With I the gutsy walk. Yeah, yeah. healing oh, heal heal wheel back heal in the day. That's what it was used to be called, yeah. Yeah, and I think at that time, because I was so newly diagnosed, and I was still a student, you know, I, I felt like good at volunteering the at those things, like the larger events, but I didn't do a lot with the chapter because I, I think I was still trying to figure things well, out. You're busy and there's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, and I think I was still very, you know, um, not in denial, but I just didn't feel like I could be honest and open about it. I think there was still a lot yeah, of Yeah, because the chapter meetings are a lot of um, 
Like peer support too. There's yeah, a lot of peer support which there. I did. I did like you know hearing other people talk about it. But if someone's like, "You share your story now," I'd have been like, "No, <laughs> pass I'm fine. the baton to you. Yeah. It's your turn." <laughs> yeah, so I definitely like, like took a more sort of backseat approach in terms of volunteerism. But um, volunteering at big events like the gutsy walk and you know charity barbecues and things that used to happen mm-hmm. in Quinzel, that's that's huge. That's such a huge step. And then yeah. you're surrounded by people. You know, Lisa, I I'm the chair of the gutsy walk in Durham, mm-hmm. and Lisa and I were you know Lisa was interviewing people at the gutsy walk this year and we had an episode about it and when you're surrounded by people who are so knowledgeable about IBD they're living with IBD or they love somebody with IBD it's a really comforting it's it like that Sunday every year is it's comforting for me. It's also hectic being the chair. Yeah. <laughs> so Unbelievable watching on. Show and Tell. And it's, and it's always raining. Always. My God, I was just thinking about it too. And it wasn't just raining. It was like all the water that exists in the world <laughs> was falling on Show and Tell. Oh, I, I did the Toronto walk. And I remember. Oh, it poured. Oh it was so, 7 o'clock. It was so torrential. Oh my I was God. like, what is this? This is not like it's three years in a row. Like, stop. This. Oh, really? This was my first rainy, gutsy walk. Yeah, this was my sixth. One, yeah, we had rain. We had mm-hmm. rain three years, and we had rain the year before. And Toronto wasn't raining. I was like, "Why is it not raining in Toronto? Like, it's just right there." <laughs> so localized. Yeah, outrageous. So you know, you 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 had said you did the three step approach. You yeah. know, you were diagnosed, you were volunteer, and now you are you are working for Crohn's and Colitis yeah. Canada. That's an, I wanted to say that about <laughs> Crohn's and Colitis Canada. You know, I've met a lot of the staff that work for that organization, and it is shocking how many of them have IBD. They have Crohn's disease or they have ulcerative colitis. And I think that's one of the things that makes this organization so authentic. Oh yeah. Because the people who are working there have the disease. They're not they just, believe in the disease yeah, so much that they, have it. that they got it for themselves. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. This is what happens. So you have a pretty, you have a, you have a loaded role. You are the youth engagement coordinator. That's, that's heavy. Can you talk to us a little bit about your role and, you know? Did you pick that role? Did they did they kind of assign you like this? This is where you fit. Yeah, it's sort of um, it's a neat position to be in because a lot of like the new patient programs are are fairly new. Um, yeah. Like sort of. Uh, you know, up until a couple years ago, the focus was on, you know, research, funding research. And then they kind of decided that, you know, we want to sort of expand that and make sure that we're taking care of people that are living with we, these diseases now yeah. And, yeah. and sort of the here and now of it. So so it's only been really a couple of years since we've had these sort of key programs. So it's been, um, you know, a really great experience to kind of see them grow and develop and change and, and be part of that journey. Um, so... Uh, my position at Crohn's and Colitis Canada is to uh, coordinate pretty much all of our national youth programs and then to help other team members um, with any of their youth initiatives. Um, so I sort of see it as like I have my my main um, programs and then really I like to lend a hand where I can and, and give support and anything that I can provide. Absolutely. So one of them is the AbV IBD Scholarship Award. Um, you know, because I think sometimes when we think about youth, we just think about young children. And youth really does it. That's not youth, right? No. Youth extends to, you know, students who are just leaving high school and they're starting their post-secondary education. So the AbV Scholarship, I think, you know, it's it's fantastic. Tell us about that. What is it? What yeah. Is it? So um, it's a national scholarship program that's awarded to 10 um, Canadian students that are studying in Canada. So the two main stipulations are, uh, or I guess, three is that you have to have been diagnosed with Crohn's and colitis. You have to be studying at a Canadian post-secondary institute, so college, university, trade school, um, and you have to be a Canadian resident or citizen. So you're looking at somebody who's already registered in school, maybe gone through their first or second year at school. Or, or it doesn't necessarily. Or just, or like first going into first Yeah, year. It, it doesn't matter. Just it registered. any part of their, uh, you know, post-secondary journey. So we get a lot of first years, we get a lot of, you know, master students. Um, That's awesome. Now, do they have to be doing something in university that's related to IBD or can they just whatever program they're pursuing? Whatever field uh, they want to pursue, um, we have the scholarship uh, because we want to support them in that, you know, post-second. Post and I don't know. Secondary education. I don't know if my memory serves me. Wasn't it? Didn't it used to only be five recipients, and then so, we just doubled it to ten? Yeah. So I think the first two years, uh, the scholarship started in 2012. So for 2012 and 2013, it started with seven, and then 2014, um, they increased it to ten. This year was sort of a special year because um, we actually awarded 15 students. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! We uh, we got Holla! a little extra. 
extra <laughs> extra funding, and we want to tie it into Canada 150. Um, so oh, this is so good. Nice. It was look a really look exciting at year. And the Crohn's and Colitis Canada just doing their thing. Yeah. And That's this year so we good. actually had one of the the largest number of applications come in. So we felt that you know because we got so many sort of extra applications, we wanted to you know award extra people. So it was a so really fantastic. So people have a question about yeah. this. Do you find that the people who are uh, applying for it are largely coming from a similar area? Or do you find that like it's scattered throughout it... Canada? Um, It's definitely, um, you know, I think that there is some correlation between, you know, Ontario has the largest population. So obviously yeah. we get yeah. the largest amount from Ontario. But I'm always surprised that, you know, really, I'd say pretty much every school in Canada, we get someone that applies. So there's the smaller colleges and universities, the the larger ones. It's it's definitely a diverse mix. And then also for backgrounds too, um, you know, it's not just people that are studying medicine or nursing, although right. we do get a lot of those applications that come in and, and there's a lot of, um, you know, they really do attribute their experience, you know, with Crohn's and colitis to why they want to pursue medicine. And it's always, you know, I want to help others. I want to find cures. I want to, you know, make the journey a little bit easier for someone else. But, you know, if you look at especially the recipients, um, it's really diverse in what they're pursuing and it's really, really great to see and to read and to see what ex inspires them. Absolutely. You know, you know, there's a lot of applicants like where you have a presence of Crohn's and Clays Canada, like there's chapter meetings or... Um, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I find that, you know, we've had a lot of uh, recipients from Queen's University and Queen's has a very... Um, long-standing tradition of having, you know, Crohn's and Colitis uh, groups or gutsy walk right. groups. So you see a little bit of that correlation, but you also start to see people kind of spearheading new things. So one of our recipients from the University of Lethbridge actually started her own gutsy club on campus. Wow. So you That's kind of, cool. Yeah. So it's really Sweet. neat. Who's yeah. this girl? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get her on. Yeah. Um, totally. I, one of the reasons I asked is that I'm just, I'm genuinely curious that makes sense to me that a large urban area, like in Ontario around Toronto, there'd be a lot of applicants. But I'm wondering, like, are you noting that there are more people in, say, uh, Ontario than the Yukon? And like, are, are there less instances of Crohn's and colitis as you move through Canada? Like, and I, and I know that this yeah. is not it's probably hard scientific research, too, though, but... Because, like, kids go to the universities anywhere across the country, so who knows where they're stemming from? Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where their home is. Yeah, true. Yeah, I was going to say, it's always sort of hard to say, and then also, you know, there's more of a concentration of universities in bigger, city. bigger of course. cities, yeah. so, you know, was it two years ago? Last year. I think last year we had um, a recipient who was from... Um, the Northwest Territories. So, you know, we do try to make sure that, you know, it is a scholarship that is awarded coast to coast. Right. You know Absolutely. what I think this, I didn't have this when I was in university. Um, and the fact that it's available now is, I can't even imagine how this much help, this must help somebody with well, IBD. Especially you know? when you consider the amount of school you lose to sick days, you know? Yeah. Or like just the, the, the money, amount of the, ability, the association, the, how much it costs and just... The difficulty to, to uh, have a job to support yourself while you're absolutely. at school. Absolutely. For a healthy person, having a job and going to university is difficult enough. I can't even... Mm -hmm. ima like, I, I shouldn't say I can't... I can imagine. You know, I, I was diagnosed with IBD when I was in university. I did work part-time jobs and went to school full-time. And, you know, I graduated university so unwell. I was so sick. I, because I just spent years of my life doing everything I should not have done to my body. Yeah. You know? And the, these scholarships go up to 5000 correct? Up to $5,000? Yep, so 5000 and it's uh, applied directly to their tuition. So we cover the cost of their tuition. And we find that, you know, for some of these uh, recipients, it means the difference a... between, you know, yeah. not having to work, not having Absolutely. to, you know, take out that extra student loan, not having Imagine to. Imagine not having that stress. Yeah. Imagine that, that stress being taken away. And to I know can't. it's a scholarship. It's not. It's I not can't. a loan mm -hmm. that you have to pay back. It's like, just go to school, yeah. do your thing, man. Yeah. We've got this. Yeah, I think that's so great. So great. And I love that you're saying that. That's uh, Crohn's and Colitis Canada's approach now is to become more involved with people. The research is, of course, super, super important. But this, I do feel, as somebody who you know suffered a long time ago, I live pretty well with Crohn's now. Um, but I just remember the stress of school being almost insurmountable, you know, because 
you're being, uh, my program was really based on attendance. Like yeah. you couldn't miss three days. You missed three days, you were cut from the program. And it, it was everything I could do to just drag myself to those classes just to get there. And you're competing. In my course, it was, there was a lot of competition with people who are well and taking on everything that yeah. they possibly can. So yeah. it's great How to see Crohn's. Canada, uh, Crohn's and Colitis Canada involving themselves on this level. You know what? I remember a couple of years ago when Crohn's and Colitis Canada tweaked their promise. And I've just pulled it up because I wanted to quote it exactly. They said, their promise is to cure Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis and improve the lives of children and adults who are affected by these chronic diseases. Because it's so important. We can have an organization that's working extremely hard, which they are, the you know, research to find a cure. Yeah. But in that meantime, there are hundreds of thousands of us who have to live with it. Yeah. So the fact that they've fo- they've made so much focus on, you know, p- putting funding, putting some funding towards helping us while we're here, while we're fighting, while we're battling, yep. while in the background they're still looking for the cure. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's such a holistic approach and such a wonderful thing to do. And that brings us to the youth engagement series. And they have more than just youth engagement series as well, but you're here to talk about yeah, youth engagement yeah. series. So what is that? What is a youth engagement series? Yeah, so usually um, in the fall, uh, Crohn's and Colitis Canada will host um, a series of online events geared at young people, older high school, university age youth. Um, and yeah, we try to touch upon different subjects. Um, so like nutrition. Yeah, things that kind stress of... Stress management. Yeah, that young people can relate to. Um, and then we present it... Um, we used to just do webinars, uh, but in the past couple of years, we sort of switched it up and we do webinars and Facebook Live events. And so it's a great way um, to, you know, talk about different subjects. And we try to bring in both like medical experts and patient experts. I was going to say, I've watched a few, both for youth and mm-hmm. just other IBD engagement series that Crohn's and Colitis Canada's had. And what's really great is they do, they have some kind of a medical, like a nurse or a doctor or someone, and then they have a patient as well. And you, they kind of, atta- they tackle this topic from b- both sides and it's, it's online. You don't have to leave your house. If you live in remote areas, if you live far away, it's not like you're trying to get to an event. If you're flaring, you can yeah. sit on the toilet and watch this. We don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. How do we? I always wonder, like statistically, we should send out a survey. How many of you went to the bathroom during this? <laughs> how many of you didn't <laughs> like, stop going to the bathroom? During- <laughs> And they're also available after. Yeah, so um, we have sort of both the live events, so you can register and watch it live. Um, and that way you can kind of interact. Um, yeah, you can on ask both, questions, Yeah, on right? both Facebook Live and webinars, you have the, the opportunity to ask questions. Um, but we also make sure that we record it and then post it either on um, YouTube or we keep it on Facebook um, so people can come back and watch it. Because, you know, especially for young people, if you have night classes or you have a, you know, you're working, uh, we want to make sure that even if you can't make it to the live session, you can at least watch it later on. And you know what, this kind of makes me think about how you were saying when you first started, when you were diagnosed and you first started volunteering, you volunteered at the big events, you weren't ready to go to the small group chapter meetings and have this peer support or ask questions about it because you weren't there yet in your Mm -hmm. IBT journey. And, you know, putting it online and then involving social media, of course, this is Mm -hmm. the way we have to go. It kind of gives people the ability to be supported live because you can call, you can qu- ask questions th- online through this, and you don't have to worry about feeling stressed or feeling embarrassed that you're kind of outing yourself mm-hmm. about having IBD. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to have this for youth, it's so important. It's so important, and even for you parents, you know, with, yeah. with children. And that's what have. I find too <clears throat> when you look at sort of who's participating. Like I definitely recognize, like, oh, that's a camper parent, you know. So I think <laughs> it's I think it's helpful for both um, young people and their support systems. Absolutely. You know, even if they're not dealing with it, they're supporting someone that's going through it. So I think it's really um, important, really, for anybody. And although, you know, um, it is labeled like a youth event, yeah. I think, you know, even... Oh, I've watched yeah, a ton age, of them. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get I'm things 30. out of it. I'm not so. a youth. <laughs> I'm 32, also. <laughs> Lisa's smiling and giving me these eyes. <laughs> 
So, um, so first of all, the Avi Scholarship, yeah. the Youth Engagement, uh, the Youth Education Series. You, you like you have to get on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, get on Facebook. You got to go to Crohn's and Colitis Canada. It's at Get Gutsy Canada. Yeah, we're just typing Crohn's and Colitis Canada, and it's going to come up. All the chapters as well across the country have a Facebook page, so you can you can like them as well, follow their pages. Go to Crohn's and Colitis Canada.ca. Just go to Crohn's and Colitis Canada.ca because there is so much on there mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, of course there's the stuff for youth and the scholarship links and um, calendars and, you know, sign up for their e-blasts to get their emails on a regular basis because this tells you, this is, tells you what's happening in your area. It tells you about the youth engagement series that are coming out. Um, One when of the most important out. things I think is that it can help you find your community. Yes. And that yes. is so, that more than anything, we are really discovering how, how many, much support yeah how yeah. much support there is out there but how many people are really surprised that there is support out there no no, no they're, not, they're not alone and there's so yeah. many ways to get involved as well like you said you can get involved in bigger events you know or you can go to the chapter meetings the online things like that you had mentioned you noticed that some of the people signing on are hey that's a camper parent Camp Got To Go. Yeah, we want to talk about Camp Got How To Go. How much do we love Camp Got To Go? It just, I wish it had been around when I... I know! Uh, I wish it had been That's around for me because... Probably the most common thing I hear talking to people sort of my age or a little bit older. And the name, that. Camp yeah. Got To Go. <laughs> yes, you got to go to this camp. And when we go to, like, we are campers who got to go. Yeah, <laughs> because quite honestly, when I think about uh, being a kid and the some, of my, wow. some of my formative experiences, I remember I, there was an added stress of keeping my secrets. And I watched all my friends go to camp and I would go to day camp. And I remember there was one night when I slept over at a camp and it was a nightmare. It was just a nightmare. Like finding the time when everyone's asleep so I can creep out of the sleeping and so I don't draw attention to myself going to the bathroom. And so I just think this is amazing. The pressure that it must take off kids yeah, is I incredible. Can't. And parents, yeah. like how amazing this be. Can you tell us about the camp? Like, yeah. you know, what happens there? Yeah, no, they're, they're definitely a very um And there's been an expansion yeah, of so camp got to go. There's more of them. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's sort of our, at least my dream is to get more of them. But yeah, we started with one location in um, in Nova Scotia. And so... And kids were flown in. Yeah, it wasn't so, just East Coast kids, right? So prior to us uh, starting Camp Got To Go in 2014, um, there was already a pre-existing camp actually called Guts and Glory. Uh, oh, it's a good name. And, I like that name. Good name. And, but it was only really accessible for kids in the Atlantic provinces. Okay. So, um, so really most of the kids out of the IWK hospital in Halifax. Um, okay. And so in 2014, we were able to start bringing kids from Ontario and Quebec over, fly them to Halifax and then out to the camps. Um, and so that's sort of the first year it started. And then in 2015, uh, we expanded um, camp out west and started with a site in Alberta. And so, again, similar situation. There was already sort of an existing camp for kids with um, Crohn's and colitis, um, but it was always run by like smaller organizations. And so right. they didn't really have the sustainability to keep it going. And so they asked if we would take it over. And so that was the the first year where, you know, kids really coast to coast could go to camp. And then in 2016, we wanted to do something here in Ontario. And so we started the weekend camp in the fall. Um, and so, yes, yeah, was our second year having all three camps, which is really exciting. How and awesome. Is, I have goosebumps, actually. Like, I just a picture. I look, I see all these children just having a sweet time not worrying about their disease because at the camp you've got you know if students are ta if uh, kids are taking Remicade or if they're having their medication that's being managed at the camp yeah so all of our campsites we make sure that we have you know IBD nurses nurses that aren't just familiar with like nursing things or you know they're camp specific. activities they're specific so you know they're able to recognize you know the Crohn's and colitis symptoms or even more familiar with the medication that these kids are on and children um, with ostomy as well like it helps them they they're there to help yeah, with that absolutely Changing so, their appliance. Or if kids have, you know, NG tubes, feed tubes, you know, they, they they know what's going on and they can help. And of course the next thing is is the food. When you're at camp, yeah. you have to eat. Yeah. So absolutely. how's that managed? Um yeah, so we're really lucky with all our host sites are 
amazing at accommodations. Um, you know, we all know with Crohn's and colitis, there is no sort of one diet. There is right. um, not. But there's trigger foods for each kid. Absolutely. And so yeah. they're really good at, you know, making sure that, you know, they don't serve, you know, the traditional foods that Seeds, might. That kind of exactly. Stuff. Corn, that kind of stuff. Um, and then they're able to accommodate kids with the more. Um, Individualized. Yeah, the more specialized diets. Um, We definitely have some kids that, you know, have very particular things that they can and can't eat. And so, you know, we work with um, the kitchen staff, and I think they've done a really good job. And I think that's really great for the parents, too, because, you know. They have the the comfort, you must feel. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure they worry about, you know, what if my kid eats something? What if they start having symptoms? So I think, you know. I don't have children, but I feel like if you send your child to camp, you're a little bit nervous anyways, just sending your child to camp. You are. (laughs) But I I think uh, I was just going to say there must be be some sense of, wow, first-time parents ever really get a vacation Mm -hmm. because they're not providing that constant care around the clock, right? Someone else is taking the role of parents. I sometimes get, I I get quite a few emails about, you know, so-and-so is nervous, but sometimes I'm like, I think you are nervous. Like, I think you're a little bit more nervous for your kid because, you know, it's a big deal for them when you, you know, you've taken on this role of caregiver and that's sort of, you know, you've had to be in charge of everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think for them, you know, that's why camp is so great because it creates independence for, you know, the campers, but it also creates a little bit of independence, a little bit of letting go for the parents, which yeah. I think is also important. It's you know so what? Some important. of the, the, stu- the kids who I've talked to, like Sherry's sons, who I've talked to about going to Camp Got to go, you know, their experience when they've come back. And, you know, even though they've been cared for at Sick Kids Hospital or at hospitals, other, this is the first time they've actually interacted with children with IBD. And then, you know, they develop those relationships. They come back, they friend each other on Facebook, and they're talking, and they have those conversations. And it's not always about IBD, but just knowing that you've got a friend that's got the same disease as you and I think that's where there was a gap I think maybe for adults it's Definitely. been a lot easier to reach out you know go to um, chapter meetings and things like that and reach out and it hasn't been as easy for children yeah and the other thing um, you know that Jerry brought up was that parents connect like they send their kids to camp and then you've got all these parents now they're connecting and it's when we start sparking these lines of communication that we're really going to start seeing wellness happening you know yeah absolutely we actually um survey all the the campers before they go to camp and we ask like have you ever met anybody like an adult with Crohn's or colitis and have you ever met anybody your own age and around 50 percent of the campers say they've never met anybody their own age with wow. Crohn's and colitis so that's a big number Can you imagine what that experience must be like when you get there well yeah but no I can't I mean it I must be incredible it's, it's it, pretty it's, great seeing it I guess it goes camper by camper but are there things that some people can do and some people can't and so alternate activities scheduled if say you're too mm-hmm. ill to go swimming or you know if that's not yeah i have to say all the campsites are really good at you know flexibility flexibility mm-hmm. like they want to push kids they want to get them out of their comfort zone right. but they want to make sure that they're not you know uncomfortable. totally uncomfortable yeah. freaking out like they want to make sure that they it's are in, yeah and, and they're having a good time so i think it's that like that nice combination of you know trying something new push yourself but and you know also it's make nice sure you're pushing you're yourself with everybody mm-hmm. yes yeah you know everybody who understands yeah. why you would be reluctant that's gotta to be do so something. much more comforting yeah it's so just a major hurdle that's for already ages, what to what uh, 9 this? to 17 so like there's that gap you know there's that you know we've got the Abbey scholarship for the post-secondary we have the youth engagement series for a lot for a lot of high school and then we have this camp got to go yeah so wicked Nine to 17. One of the things that I think is so fantastic, and I I had, um, like, I I started having uh, symptoms when I was nine. I was diagnosed when I was 11. I remember that my mom was my biggest advocate, and she and I learned so much together. But I counted on her, so I relied on her so heavily to kind of get me through. It was a different time. And I just think you're imparting skills to kids mm-hmm. at, at, in those in that age range now. Absolutely. That critical age range where they can, by the time they're ready to live on their own, they've, they've already had, had some experience yeah. with being their own advocate and being learning how to be away from their parent. Yeah. And that is so important. You know, it's also giving them the strength to to know that they're not alone. And it's getting them out of, you know, I lived four or five years in silence of having IBD. I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell people, it, you know, not because I, you know, yes, partly because I was embarrassed, but mostly because I had no idea what it was, mm-hmm. even after I was diagnosed. And, and what I had known about it, I, 
I found online or I experienced myself and it was embarrassing and it was painful and it was exhausting and it was never going to go away. So I think when you have a child diagnosed, I can't yeah. even imagine what oh, that yeah. must be. And then to give them this opportunity to meet others like themselves, it makes them, it normalizes yeah. what they're going through. Yeah. It's not that big. Uh, yeah, you know, like you're not by pink yourself. Elephant that you're yeah, like, well, yeah. That's one of my favorite thing about camp because I'm fortunate that I get to attend all of the camps. And one of my favorite things. Best job. Best job. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite things is like overhearing these like sort of side conversations between kids, you know, while they wait to do archery or whatnot. And, and they're just talking about regular things that are sort of just, you know, the normal to people with ha- who have Crohn's and colitis, like, you know, comparing IV sites or talking about hospital stays or, you know, a couple of our campers have been on NG tubes or feed tubes and, you know, talking about what it's like to wear your backpack in high school and and just these side conversations that they would never be able to have with, you know, their yeah. peers at school. But here, you know, talking about IV site, it's like, yeah, I get that. I get, you know, what it's like when the nurse has to try a couple times. And it's talking so about the the tests yeah. that obviously are so uncomfortable. Or that some adults don't yeah. even have experiences ever. Or, yeah. or like at one of the camps, you know, everyone's talking about colonoscopies and how they prep and the afterwards <laughs> all the and all of those things. That, we you just know, did an episode on yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's amazing. Because I remember having such a fear of those mm-hmm. uh, tests. So to be with people yeah. who totally understand that fear and, and to, hear someone to be able says, to joke about I it. I get that. Like, yeah. I totally get that. I've been in that exact same situation. I think there's comfort in hearing other people validate your own experiences yeah. and yeah. saying, you know, oh, that, and like, I've been through that. And it's experiences that kids don't normally have. Exactly. It's experiences that people don't normally have. I've had more in-depth conversations with children in terms of, like, our experiences just being in hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, there's many adults who have never had a hospital yeah. stay. Uh, it's so thank true. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. You know, thank goodness they have not, obviously. But, you know, you have these conversations with children with IBD, and it doesn't matter how old they are. You know, they're experiencing the same thing as you. And it's, I, I can't imagine how their self-esteem and how positive they must be feeling after an experience at Camp Got To Go. Yeah. You know? So, again, you know, Camp Got To Go, you know, all on the Crohn's and Colitis website in terms of yep. going there. And there's links there for Abby Scholarship, the Youth Education Series, Camp Got To Go, where the applications are, what it's about, um, information for parents, information for, you know, if you're listening, you're a youth. There's information, and it's information you can trust. Um, yeah. I is really. There, is there anything else you want to add that we maybe missed or? or We've been uh, sharing on our Facebook page that November is IBD Awareness Month. I was going to say, yeah. So um, Crohn's and Clays Canada is doing more. Mm-hmm. more than enough for this month. So tell us, tell us what's going on. Yeah, so for the month of November, we've had um, lots of different activities going on. I know that there's been a lot of events at a local level, so definitely check out your your chapter and see what's going on. Um, and then every week we kind of tackle a different uh, subject um, on our social media. So we've talked about like nutrition, um, working out. Um, I think there was one on stress, I believe, or is that one coming? Um, there was something about stress. Yeah. Yeah, which is a huge one. Definitely. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, we actually, part of our um, youth education series that took place in October, we actually had a really great webinar on mental health, which is something that, you know, I think we're starting to hear more of, which Mm -hmm. is really great. The connection is... Absolutely. Um, And then we also just relaunched our uh, Go Here bathroom finder app. Um, Right. Do you know about, you know about Go Here. We've talked about Go Here. Relaunched. Because the app before wasn't working the best. It was a there were some bit slow, so yeah, they made and there sure were some they... improvements. Yeah, but the best thing was that Crohn's and Clays Canada took the feedback that others were giving and added to that, and then they've made the app better. So if you've got the Go Here app on your phone, you need to delete it. Yeah, re-download <laughs> to make it better, um, and it's fantastic. And it piloted Go Here started in Calgary. Yes, they had um, a big yeah. launch, I think, two summers ago, yeah. and uh, the mayor of Calgary came out. He's a big yeah. supporter. And she... Yeah, so it's really great. Guy. Um, and I think, you know, it's just another tool that helps make Crohn's but and now it's a little bit here. more manageable. Yeah, in so, Toronto. So I know Mississauga um, uh, sort of embrace is embracing it now, which is really great, and yeah, it's... 
Can you tell continuing. us, tell, for people who are like, go here app, what is this? Yeah. I've never heard of this. What, what is it? You, you go, you download the app and then what, how does it help us? Yeah, so um, with the app, it can locate washrooms in your area. So it works both two, I guess it works two ways. Um, you can, you know, take out your app if you're like, I need to use the bathroom now. And what's and closest it to you. It'll tell you what's closest, but you can also, um, it also serves as a, like a route finder. So I can say, you know, I'm here in Toronto and I want to get it's like Google Maps. Drowned. I'm going from A to B. Yeah, where are my bathrooms along the way? Exactly. So you can kind of plan. So you're like, okay, like along my subway route or my bus route, you can kind of see where are the closest bathrooms. And that way, if you know you need to bail, you can at least Absolutely. find the one closest to you. And now do we people... know that restaurants have bathrooms and stuff, but we but they're not always friendly. Like you have right. to buy mm -hmm. something, right? First of all. I don't have time to stand in line right now to buy a coffee yeah. so that I can go to the bathroom. I've said, and, like, I'll buy it after. And yeah, throw the coffee down the sink. <laughs> yeah. So th th these are companies who reach out to Crohn's Class Canada yeah. and say, put my restaurant, yes. my building, my community center, my office on your yeah, app. So that's sort of part two of how we populate the bathrooms. We have organizations reach out to us, and then they order these little... Um, like decals, stickers, it yeah, goes on their window. Stickers that they put in the window, and what it does is it sort of alerts people that you know this is a friendly bathroom. You know, you don't have to try to explain to the cashier you know, to or buy the something barista, right now. like what what's going on. You just say, "Can I use your bathroom?" And they say, "Right this way." Um, and so it it, it creates you know it a it safe takes, space. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it takes away that anxiety of being like, "Oh my gosh, do I have to explain to this person?" You know person how comfortable I am when I have to go to the bathroom and I go into like I just go to the nearby store. And, oh hey. And I've got some yeah. or like <laughs> even gas stations the bathrooms are locked and you have to ask for a key yeah. and then you know, I don't. it's just yeah. I don't. It's just yeah, and you know, I, I have to say something about these these businesses and organizations that, that are reaching out to Crohn's Cycles and offering this service. Like that's fantastic. Well, it that's, should be something that everybody is this doing. This is what I wanted to what I wanted to ask. Like the, these businesses that are reaching out to Crohn's and Colitis Canada, what are you finding the the impetus is for them to reach out? Is it somebody within the organization is suffering and so they recognize? Are How they do they helpful? come to you? That's a good question. I should say that I don't work in that area a lot okay. on go here. Um, I mostly use it more as like a patient. Um, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling though that it's probably sort of twofold. We do have volunteers that go out say, and ask businesses if they want to participate. Um, so there is you know, some recruitment. Um, but then I'm sure, you know, if a company comes to us that haven't been recruited, like I, I would guess that there is probably that connection. Right. Um, or they just see this as, you know, kind of a win-win, right? Like they're helping out people in need. And, and then really, also they're getting, they're bringing you know, people some, in. yeah, they're bringing people for, to their, yeah. yeah. We, I was going to say, we have some Durham volunteers from our chapter who have reached out in, you know, the Pickering Ajax Whippy Oshawa area and have asked, like, you know, they, of course, if you live in that area, you develop relationships with businesses and stuff that are there. And you say like, by the way, there's this app. Would you be willing to offer your service? And online on Crohn's and Clay's website, um, after you download the app, you can actually print out a, a small card yeah. for yourself that actually says like, um, you know, I have Crohn's disease or I have ulcerative colitis. If you were to be questions or, you know, at any point, but it's just a small little wallet card. It's just paper because you're printing it right. out. You can keep in your wallet. Um, and I do know that this happens in the UK. Like there is yeah. a, an, a card that you can have in the UK that you, you show businesses. But I think it's so fantastic that it's happening here in Canada. Um, and Crohn's and Clytus has... Crohn's and Clytus Canada has acknowledged that that was a gap. That yeah. was a, a need. You know, we yep. needed that. Um, and well, it I do comforting. remember it being... Stressful. In sometime, like, sometime in the 90s, I remember when my disease was more active, I do remember that there were businesses that you could just... I'm not sure if it was a card or what it was that you could show or you could let them know, I'm part of this program, and then they would let you use their washroom. But it still felt embarrassing yeah like yeah. it yeah. still felt like i have to put myself out there and be the face of the now it seems like you can just walk in yeah you see the sticker on the window the sticker and go to the bathroom right beside the sticker that we accept debit and credit yeah <laughs> just... and we we accept your time <laughs> yeah. in our bathroom i think it's like as you're saying it's so important because i remember like after i was diagnosed even like my commute to school I remember yeah. if I didn't know where each bathroom on like every block was, I would not feel comfortable. Yeah. So, you know, we just 
we want to make sure that there's tools out there that wherever stage you are, you know, you know what I had a I had a colonoscopy on Halloween, and for those of you who follow our Facebook page, you you got up close and personal with some moments of my colonoscopy because <laughs> uh, I shared them. Um, but that was something I actually said that to my doctor because you know I live in Pickering, I work uh, in Toronto, like beaches area, Danforth area, and Mount Sinai is downtown. And when I have a, an appointment downtown, like if I'm traveling from home to downtown knowing that i have to take the 401 and the dvp where can you can't pull yeah. over on the dvp you cannot pull over on the gardener either like you will have to shit over the rail like there is really there's no other place for you you know and i can't even i can't even explain to you how many times the anxiety of just knowing how to get from my house to the hospital was enough to be like i can't go no, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to be able to make it. And I think a lot of people feel that way. I think it's, like, too stressful. Like, I'd rather yeah. just stay at home and not just have to suffer. deal with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and now knowing that you can map out a route on the Go Here app, know that every however many kilometers is a bathroom that you can stop out and get out and go to. I, and I know people who don't have IBD are probably like, what? Like, this is crazy yeah. that you even need to think about these things. Yeah. But this is something we have to think about. Like well, it's a reality. Luckily, uh, the folks at Crohn's and Colitis Canada are thinking about this. They're doing and, all the right things. And working, you know, working Not still stop. towards a cure mm -hmm. and uh, ways to make our lives a lot easier. And we so appreciate you coming in to talk to us. Yes, about thank it you. Today, Charlotte, what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. So, you know, I can't say it enough. I've known you now for a while of meeting you through Crohn's and Colitis Canada and um, the, to see how much the youth programs have developed over the last couple of years, you know, I'm jealous. I'm a, I'm a healthy jealous though. I'm, you know, it's not like envious. <laughs> Just, I'm jealous that it wasn't you available. Have a, you have a crush on I have a crush. I have, you know, you and, have a friendly crush on them. And I, you know, it's, for me, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And I get extremely emotional when I meet a child who's been diagnosed with the disease that I'm living with because knowing what we go through and then knowing that that's, now what a child has to go mm -hmm. through, it's I can't, it's, yeah. it's, it's so heartbreaking. I can't, I just, I can't deal with it. And this is so comforting even for me to know yeah. that when these children are diagnosed, there are programs, there are people, there are other kids, there's ways that they can connect. There's ways to make their lives easier. And something you should also, both of you keep in mind, uh, I, it, I haven't met a ton of people who were diagnosed uh, as children, uh, but I was diagnosed as a child and through what we've done on this podcast, I've met a couple and I think the feeling is universal, which still blows me away that if I could go back and change it, I would not, absolutely, I would not not have the disease because I've learned so much mm -hmm. through it. So while it's tough to watch kids and that's, I mean, that sounds probably unbelievable for people who aren't suffering, but it, it does change your life. It, it does, does teach you a lot about what's important in life well, and how to deal with stress. Especially and, seeing these young people, like I'm always blown away by their strength. And can by you imagine what kind of adults they're going to be? Oh, like when well, I see they them, advocate for themselves. Yeah, yeah, like you know, you're sort of like, oh, I worry about humanity. But when I see these kids, I don't <laughs> yeah. worry about humanity yes. because they are so strong yeah. and yeah. such sense of humor, and they find you know so humble. Yes, and and they're able to laugh at you know these things and and find sort of the positive side of all these negative stuff. So I really you know I'm always inspired by them yeah. and, and they're really incredible so to all of our listeners whether you're youth or you know you're a parent or you are love someone with you you know you got to go to Crohn's and Colitis Canada's website Crohn's and Colitis Canada.ca everything you can imagine for anybody with IBD is on there check out the ABV IBD scholarship the youth education series make sure you're looking um, into camp got to go if you've got someone between 9 and 17 and absolutely download the go here app it's available for iPhone and Android uh, and I think Blackberry Touch. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> here we go. Oh, Crohn's and Colitis Canada. You keep giving. They keep giving. So thank you again, Charlotte, for being here. Oh, we really you. appreciate it. We've yeah. learned a lot, haven't yeah, we? we have. Yeah. All right. Strength and positive thoughts, Strength everyone. Strength and positive thoughts. Guts and Glory is produced by Bang Albino, Inc., a full-service creative agency. 